fear is always a spirit. There is always a spirit behind fear. So fear is not something that we want to keep. Fear is not something that we want to tolerate in our lives. Believers should have zero tolerance for fear. Welcome to the Real Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Lambert. In an hour when deception and apostasy is rampant on earth, the need for proclaiming the real truth has never been more desperate. Jesus prophesied, an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Proclaiming the real truth of the written and rhema prophetic word of God that he is revealing in this hour concerning the church Jesus is building is our goal. Affecting real change in the hearts and minds of believers in Christ in order to fulfill the purposes and plans of God is our purpose. I want to talk to you about deliverance from the spirit of fear. I want you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or New American Standard says timidity, but the word there is fear, but of power, love, and discipline, or a sound mind. Heavenly Father, we give you praise, honor, and glory for this message tonight. We thank you for who you are, hallelujah, that with the Lord there's no reason to fear whatsoever, hallelujah, that there is no reason, whom shall I fear, whom shall I dread, the word of God says. If you know the Lord, there is no reason for fear. But we do know, Lord, that fear is a spirit. And tonight, we want to begin to drive that out of our life. We're expecting that. We're going to look for that. And we're going to walk in the truth that you bring to us tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God has not given us. How many of you know we only want the things that God has given us? If God hasn't given it to us, we don't want it. God has not given us one of these demons. Demons are spirits. They're evil spirits. And the Bible says that God has not given us one of those spirits, which is the spirit of fear. Notice what it says here. God has not given us a spirit of fear. You see, fear is always a spirit. There is always a spirit behind fear. So fear is not something that we want to keep. Fear is not something that we want to tolerate in our lives. In fact, the first point of our message here is that we should have, believers should have zero tolerance for fear. And you know what? You'll never get rid of fear in your life until you start having zero tolerance in your own life for fear. Now, you see, the Bible says, as we spoke about earlier, in Amos 3.3, it says two cannot walk together except by agreement. Recently, the Lord has been showing me that that's what the whole Christian walk is all about. 
that that's what teaching is about. That's what the church is all about. That's what Christianity is all about. That's what sanctification is about. That's what justification is about. That's what salvation is about. It's all about being in agreement with God. And if you will begin to look at knowing God and the whole thing of serving God in that way, you'll begin to see it in a whole different light. Two cannot walk together except by agreement. Now, if you reverse that with agreement, they can walk together. So the positive side is the way that we come to walk with God. We often talk about walking with God, our walk with God. The way that we walk with God is by being in agreement with God. In fact, think about all that God says about that in Galatians chapter 5, where he compares walking by the Spirit to walking in the flesh. He says, if you'll walk by the Spirit, then you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. You see, that's just the way it works. It doesn't take any special talent. It doesn't take any special gifting. It doesn't take any special qualification. It doesn't take any special understanding. Really, it's like what we were talking about last week. It's about the Holy Spirit walking and living in your life. And it's about surrendering and allowing the Holy Spirit to live in your life and allowing Jesus to be Lord. My first pastor, he used to always talk about when he gave altar calls, coming to serve the Lord and salvation was like really what it was, was taking King Ego off the throne of your life and putting Jesus on the throne of your life. And that's really what it's all about. Another thing he used to say in his altar calls was, living the Christian life is not difficult, it's impossible. And that would always get everyone's attention. Because the Christian life, often we think, and religion makes us think, well, we have to live, we gotta do this, we gotta, it's a, becomes a list of do's and don'ts. But it's not that at all. Really, what it is, is it's not just difficult to live the Christian life, it's impossible. That is, without the Christ. But Christianity is all about having the Christ live his life through you. You know, anybody can do it. Christianity is not difficult. Serving the Lord is not difficult. Really, all it is, is allowing Jesus to live his life through you. And one of the things we have to understand about letting him live through us is that he will not tolerate, and the Holy Spirit cannot tolerate evil spirits operating in our life. But you know, when we get saved, some people think, well, you get saved and it's just, you know, you're just set free from everything. How many of you know that's not true? How many of you know from personal experience that's not true? You don't have to be a theologian to know that. You just have to be a person. You just have to be someone who's been living a while to know that you don't automatically get set free from everything after you come to the Lord. It's not automatic. And I'll tell you the reason why. Those devils don't want to leave. They don't want to give up. And they will not. Jesus said there was only one way that spirits will leave. Remember what he said in what we call the Great Commission, which someone has called the Great Omission? Everything that Jesus said we should be doing are the things that we're not doing. In fact, let's look at that in Mark chapter uh, 16. Mark chapter 16, we call this the Great Commission. But unfortunately, everything he said for us to do in this Great Commission are the things that we're not doing. 
He said in verse 15, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. So number one, we're to go. Number two, we're to preach the gospel to all creation. And then he says, He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who have believed. These signs will accompany those. What does it say? Accompany the great, some great evangelist on TV? It just says accompany those who believe. How many believers do we have here tonight? You believe in Jesus, don't you? Well, the Bible says these signs were sent to accompany you. They ought to be following you. They are accompanying you. They go with you wherever you go. He said, and these signs will accompany those who have believed in my name. They will cast out demons. That's number one. The first thing Jesus said in the Great Commission is that they will cast out demons. I like to go to churches and preach this and ask how many demons people have cast out that day. Well, if you haven't cast out any today, let's see a hand of how many, a show of hands of how many people cast out any this week. Okay, no hands. Well, well, what about this month? Well, what about this year? Still no hands up. <laughs> well, what about ever? A little, few little hands go up. And well, I'm not sure what they mean about casting out demons even then. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, says the Lord in Scripture. Ephesians 4 Bible College offers 300 cutting-edge, customized, online degree and certificate programs to help you meet that biblical exhortation. Competitive, affordable, pay-as-you-go tuition rates. Learn more at Ephesians 4. The fact of the matter is, he says that this is the first sign that ought to be accompanying those that believe. This ought to be a first sign that tells the whole world that you're a believer, is that you're casting out demons. In my name, they will cast out demons. And notice what it says next, and they will speak with new tongues. Well, you see, a lot of people aren't being able to speak with new tongues because there's devils that need to be cast out first. We got to do everything decently in order. We got to do it in the order that God said it. Hallelujah. And this is the reason that some people are bound up because, you know, that thing of your tongue. Remember last week we were talking about what we ended up saying and there, there was no, there, I had no notes. There was no a plan to do all of this, but we started out talking about the Holy Spirit. We ended up talking about the Holy Spirit and talking about how he also brings discipline into your life. And the way he brings that into your life is by you praying in the Holy Ghost and he takes over your tongue. And the more he, you let him take, that's why you need to do it more and more and more. And the devil hates it. The devil despises you to pray in the Holy Ghost. And there's so many reasons why. But God wants us to understand that we need to cast out demons. We need demons cast out of our life. And one of the demons we're talking about here tonight is the spirit of fear. And what I wanted to say about this was that Jesus said that they are cast out. And when people brought demons to Jesus, he cast them out. But we never see demons leaving any other way. Do you know you cannot counsel a demon? Some of the greatest counsel in the world and, uh, uh, you know, people trying to get counseling from psychiatry and psychology and so on and so forth. And they're actually trying to counsel demons. 
Because people have demons, and it's demons that they need to be set free from. If your problem is caused by a demon, you are not going to get free from that through counseling. Except maybe that the, if the counseling is you have a demon and you need to have it cast out. Now, uh, you know, that counseling might work. But what I need you to understand here today is that demons don't leave any other way except being driven out. And you know what? They're not like you. They don't get discouraged. Demons don't get discouraged and just leave on their own either. They're not going to go anywhere, friend, until somebody casts them out. They're going to stay right there. In fact, Jesus talked about that, and he said, they call where they've been my home, my home, like they now own it, now like they have title deed to it. And he said they get them cast out, and they'll, they'll come back, and they'll say, I'm going to go back to my home, where they did live, you see. But the true Christian, the Christians living for God, they'll, they'll evict those devils, hallelujah, praise God, and they'll put them on notice, you don't own this place, praise God. Somebody else owns it. Hallelujah. And I don't even own it. Praise God. I've been bought with a price. And do you not know that you're not your own? You're not, we're not our own. God owns us. Can you say amen? amen? And that's why we have to obey what he says because he's already purchased us. He's already paid the price. He's paid the mortgage. He's paid the mortgage for this temple. God lives on the inside of you. He's made it possible. What Jesus did made it possible for him to live on the earth. Now, the Bible says, know you not that ye are the temple of God? God dwells in there. And so, spirits are not supposed to be dwelling in the same place where Jesus dwells. But they're going to stay until they're driven out. Now, how did the devils get in there in the first place? Well, I'll tell you how. There's only two ways, really. One is you inherited them. And there's a whole lot of people that have inherited spirits. And if you've inherited them, they've been passed down from generation to generation, they're going to stay there until somebody in that bloodline says, enough is enough. And it stops here with me. Hallelujah. And this family is not going to live this way anymore. Praise God. And you begin to say that these curses that have been over my family the Bible says that there's curses and these things can be passed down to the third, the, that God visits the iniquity. Now, we often think it's the sin. We talk about the sin of the fathers. But actually, it says he visits the iniquity down to the third and the fourth generation. Iniquity is perversion. It's having even perverse thoughts. And so this perversity is what allows demons to have a place. But when someone in that bloodline begins to repent, what is repentance? I want you to look at repentance in a different way tonight. I want you to see it as I've been talking about. What is repentance? Repentance is hearing what God says, having a change of your mind, and turning around to walk in what God says, to believe what God says. So repentance is nothing more then getting in agreement with God. Getting in agreement with God. God wants us to be in agreement with Him. When you're in agreement with God, you have the most powerful 
power in the world in your hands, working for you because you're in agreement. God told me, he showed me that this is the most powerful thing on this planet is the power of agreement. Well, didn't he say, if two of you agree on earth as having touched anything, say anything. anything. Now, friend, that's carte blanche. That's carte blanche. Agree on ha having touched anything that they shall ask. It shall be done for them by my Father, which is in heaven. Anything. So, you see how powerful it is for us to get in agreement with what God says. Enjoying this podcast? Please take a minute to pray if the Lord would have you help us with the substantial financial burden of this program. We receive no grants or funding from any organization or government agency and have no other means of support than the gracious and generous giving of our listeners. SLM Inc. bears the entire burden. In about 30 seconds, you can donate at paypal.me forward slash SLM Inc. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash S-L-M-I-N-C to give any amount. Thank you for your gifts, generosity, and graciousness. Well, you know what? The Holy Spirit is just telling me about a scripture. I want us to turn over to Hebrews. Again, this was not in my notes. <clears throat> Had no intention of doing this, but we're here, and I think it's important that we do this. And we need to apply this to, in the book of Hebrews, we need to apply this to this topic that we're talking about here today. And that is getting set free from demonic powers. Getting set free from the spirit of fear. God wants you to set you free from the spirit of fear so that you do not have fear dominating your life. Do you know how many people are dominated by fear? that fear runs their life, rules their life, that they really can't serve God because fear has a hold of them and is absolutely controlling every part of their life. Hebrews chapter 13. He says here in the uh, latter portion of this, verse 5, For he himself, notice that there in the middle there, For he himself has said... He himself has said, now I want you to just look down from there in verse 6, so that we confidently say. Notice again, he himself has said, and then verse 6, so that we confidently say. You see, the things that God has said, he has said those things for many reasons, but one of which is so that we can say what God has said. If you get a hold of that, that will revolutionize your life. God is saying that all of the things that he says in this, why, why do we read the Bible? I'll tell you why. We read the Bible so that we can find out what God has said for one reason, so that we can start saying what God has said. You see, remember what I said in Romans chapter 10? He said that with the heart, Man believes unto righteousness. That means right standing with God, or it also means right relationship with God. And you can be right with God in your heart. And people say, well, God knows my heart. 
Yeah, God knows your heart, but you know what? Your life is not going to change until you get what God has said up higher out of your heart and into your mouth, because your mouth is the gateway of blessing. Now, I'm telling you this here tonight for a reason. This is not just word of faith preaching. What this is for here tonight is to begin to get something into your heart and into your life that you can begin to start being the captain of your life. You can start being in charge of your life. And I believe this, and I hope you see that I am not just preaching a message here tonight. I'm talking about something that I believe. I believe if I could see the cells in my body right now under a microscope, I believe that every cell in my body believes what I'm telling you here tonight. My flesh believes this. Hallelujah. I'm making my flesh surrender to God. You know what? I speak to my flesh all the time. I'm beginning to speak to my body. I speak to my body every day. You know what? This body's getting in line. Praise God. It's getting in line with God. But you know what? It didn't just happen on its own. You know why it didn't? Because it's rebellious. It's full of the flesh. It's full of the carnal nature. It's full of doing its own thing and really wanting to do the devil's thing. But you know what? You speak to your body. You're supposed to be in charge of your body. You see, man, this will change your life if you understand. Understand this. We, you know, the Bible says God made us in his image, right? What does that mean? What does that mean? You know, God is a tripartite God. We call it the Trinity. There's three persons, but he also made us in his image so that we are a tripartite being. Let's turn to First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5. The Bible says to set these words before your eyes. Let them not depart from your sight. There's several gateways that God has in our being. One is our eyes. That's why he says it's so important what we look at, what we see with our eyes. Secondly, is our ears. He said, be careful what you listen to. And then thirdly, is our mouth. And all three of those things are a gateway into our life. And in fact, God said that out of this gateway of our lips, our mouth, flow the issues of life. The issues of life. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Jesus said, the, a good man out of his good treasure brings forth good things. Now, you see, we've been taught that we're all just kind of victims. Just go through life, you know, whatever happens, happens. You know, feel sorry for me, etc., etc. Wouldn't it be great if we got delivered from the victim mentality? Hallelujah. And begin to understand we're not a victim, praise God. Begin to understand that we're in charge of our life, hallelujah. Begin to understand that Jesus wants to rule and reign in our life and be king in our life. And then that we can allow Jesus to rule in our life through us. Notice what it says here in First Thessalonians. Now, the world gets this backwards when it quotes this. But he says, now may the God in verse 23, chapter five, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. May your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit, soul, and body. We are a tripartite being. We have three parts to us. That's who we are. Spirit, soul, and body. 
Now, the world quotes that. You ever heard them talk about? They say, body, soul, and spirit. They always say it that way. Body, soul, and spirit. Isn't that interesting? They say body, soul. You know, think about it. You've heard it, right? Body, soul, and spirit. You know, you hear them talk about, uh, you know, holistic living. or They always talk about body, soul, and spirit. I've never yet heard them say spirit, soul, and body. But the Holy Ghost... Everyone say the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost says it exactly. Isn't that the way it always The world's backwards. God, he gets everything backwards. And God says, he says here, spirit, soul, and body. You know why he says that? Because we are a spirit. God is what? The Bible says God is spirit. And so we are made in the image of God. And we are primarily a spirit. But we also have a soul. You know, Billy Graham, for year, just a few years ago, he confessed, even publicly. He said, he wrote it even in a book. He said, I did not know for all these years I was in the ministry, I did not know that there was a difference between the spirit and the soul. And I always thought it was the same thing. And you know what? It's not the same thing. Spirit, soul, and body. We have a spirit. In that spirit is where Jesus lives when you become born again. Now, Ephesians 2 verse 1 says that you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You were dead. So our spirit was dead before we were born again. We had one, but it was dead. And when we get born again, Jesus comes to live in our spirit, and our spirit becomes alive again. Remember, Jesus said that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of the spirit is what? What does that mean? It means the thing that is born of the Spirit is your spirit. When you're born again, it's your spirit that's born again. It's given life because it died in the Garden of Eden. Remember that God said to Adam and Eve, in the day that you eat of this, you shall surely, what? Die. die. Well, what died? That's why we go all these years later, we go all the way over to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. It says, and you were dead. And your trespasses. Aren't you glad I was, but I'm not now? Hallelujah. Amen. Aren't you glad you were, but you're not now? Amen. When you get Jesus on the inside of you, you become alive. Hallelujah. And so, you have that spirit. We are a spirit. We have a soul. And we live in a body. Why is that important? I'll tell you. It'll change your life if you'll understand that you're supposed to rule and reign out of your spirit man. Your soul is not supposed to rule. What is your soul? Your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Let me go back over that. Your mind. Everyone say your mind. mind. Now, what does that mean? What you think. Your will. Say will. will. What is your will? That means what I want. You ever hear yourself, I want. I want this. I want that. That's what, that's your wanter. That's what your will is. And then the third thing is your emotions. What does that mean? What I feel. I feel this. I feel that. You know, you wouldn't have been here tonight if you walked by what you felt. This will revolutionize your life if you get a hold of this. Because you're supposed to rule and reign in this life. In Romans, it says, Them that have received the abundance of grace. Have you received the abundance? Are you saved tonight? Yes. Then you know why you're saved? Because you received the abundance of grace. Hallelujah. How many of you know it took an abundance to get you saved? Amen. An abundance of grace. Not just a little, a little bit wouldn't have been enough. It took an abundance of grace. 
them to receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in this life. Another translation adds, as a king. Hallelujah. Well, if you're going to reign at all, it would be as a king, wouldn't it? Amen. Isn't that what kings do? Reign? Now, you say, well, now, is there any other scripture to back that up? Well, sure. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. He has made us kings and priests unto God. Hallelujah. If you get a hold of this, this will change your life. What God is saying is that, that them have received the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Have you received the abundance of grace? Yes. Then you have, whether you know it or not, you've received the gift of righteousness. It's already been given to you. Because righteousness is a gift. You can't earn it. You just receive it, praise God. Now, you may have it and not know it. Just like somebody could have given you an automobile out here tonight and parked it out here, but you'll walk out of this building for the next 30 years and walking right by it don't know that somebody gave you that car, and you don't drive it. And you'll walk home or take the bus home. Unless you know that you have that car. Unless you know it's been given to you. Unless you know it's yours. Well, you know what? You can start driving righteousness, praise God. That you have been given righteousness, and you can start walking in that righteousness. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Real Truth. I'm Stephen Lambert. Please subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and visit realtruthradio.com to join our mailing list. Be sure to tune in to the next edition of The Real Truth. Until then, this is Stephen Lambert reminding you that with God all things are possible and all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to His purpose.